0: Welcome to the Armada EW Podcast with your host Tom Whittington at the Controls. At least 10 aircraft have been shot down by manned portable air defence systems or MANPADS during Syria's civil war. In April, the Washington-based Small Arms Survey said it had recorded over 20 MANPADS attacks on civilian planes since 1973. Thousands of MANPADS remain in circulation with non-state actors and countries of concern around the world. This scourge has prompted some airlines to invest in protection to defeat these threats. Bird Aerosystems specializes in countermeasures for civilian and military aircraft. And we are joined today by their Vice President of Marketing, Sean Mazor. Sean, great to have you with us. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Thomas. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to uh, join this very interesting podcast great
0: over the last 20 years we've heard recommendations from figures in the homeland security world that airlines should have man pads protection for their planes but bar a few exceptions this has not happened why do you think this is the case
1: in general we see a shift first of all, right lately and this these exceptions that you mentioned are becoming more and more popular. And we see growing threat of the manpeds. as you rightly said at the opening. One time, there was an estimation of half a million manpads of, uh, in the black market, uh, which poses a great threat to the civil aviation. But up to now, most of the threat was focused on the military aircraft, and that was the primary threat of all the terror organizations who were using the Manta. So the initiation uh, was to protect the military aircraft. Civil aircraft, there was a sort of a fine line between uh, uh, whether they need the protection or not. There was an understanding that the terrorist organizations from their side would not want to escalate and shoot down an aircraft because the, there would be a very uh, strong fallout mm-hmm. uh, because of such a severe action. But, you know, they became more and more bold over the years and sort of were right now in the sense where, okay, it, it could happen. And I think the first airline that started this protection, took it seriously, was the Israeli airline, El Al. Which protected maybe five years ago their aircraft and being involved in the discussions and sort of seeing the, you know, the conflict. Most of the airlines are very much pro- uh, concerned about the protection on one hand, and they would like to invest money in protecting their aircraft. But on the other hand, they're saying, okay, this will cost me more to procure such systems and install them. That's a one time cost. Okay. But then these systems, because they are uh, externally mounted on the aircraft poses additional drag to the aircraft, which means they increase uh, by some percentage the fuel consumption and sort of increase the biggest expense that an airline has, their fuel expenses. And these airlines all are asking, okay, who's gonna pay for this? In Israel, the government is the one to compensate the airline for this uh, for this loss of money. We haven't seen this happening in other places around the world. So there is a very high interest from the airlines to do the protection and to go ahead and protect, but sort of very, there's a big conflict on who's gonna pay for these systems and relatively saying these are expensive systems.
0: In the wake of the 9-11 attack, there was some considerable interest from the Department of Homeland Security in looking at outfitting airliners with some form of man protection. I think some flight tests were even performed to this effect. But it does seem that cost and the economics of this sort of spelt the death nail for that experiment. It may be that perhaps these cost imperatives continue to mitigate against the wide scale adoption of ManPath's protection in the future, perhaps.
1: I think you're right. Uh, the airlines are in a very difficult shape these days. And I, I guess they're considering investment of, you know, of small to large amounts, everything right now is put on hold. Mm. But what we do see is that, on the other hand, the threat is being more and more uh, public. And I think what we're seeing from the airlines right now is the thought of, okay, we're not going to equip the whole fleet with these systems. But we're going to go ahead and equip maybe five, ten different aircrafts, and we're going to use these aircrafts on those routes that we think poses To some extent danger to our passengers Uh, so it's not going to be a widespread installation it's going to be focused and that's what they're looking at right now i think that's where we're going to be heading in the next few years each airline will take a small amount of aircraft and install it uh specifically on those aircraft.
0: Do you think there's the option perhaps to have kind of self-contained podded system that can outfit any aircraft and then just attach those to, to a particular aircraft when it's flying in a potentially dangerous area?
1: Absolutely. I think that's what we're seeing. The podded solution sort of opens up the capability of moving it from one aircraft to the other. Having said that, there is still fairly big investment in the aircraft itself that needs to be put in to prepare for this pod. So you need to reinforce the area where the pod is installed. You need to have the wires, you need to change the cockpit to some extent. So I I would guess it's gonna be a fairly small amount of pods that will be purchased eventually, a, a little bigger amount of aircraft that will be modified to allow this uh, movement of the pods. But yes, I think at the end, sort of putting all the system in one pod, which allows both the detection of the threat and to counter it, uh, whether it will be with the newer versions of the laser jamming systems called Dilcom or whether it will be with the previous flares that uh, are used for many years, will enable the airlines to go ahead with their protection.
0: Sure, let's talk a little bit about technology. What approaches are being taken to protect civilian aircraft against MANPADs?
1: I think uh, the approach right now is subject to finding ways to protect with many, many safety measures that need to be put in place in such a system. We as companies that develop these systems are very concerned with the safety of these systems. And I think when we say safety, the most trivial thing is firing flares from an aircraft. We know when we see pictures of military aircraft shooting flares into the air and sort of the You know, it's a nice picture to take, but this is okay when you're flying in Afghanistan or Iraq and you're not so much concerned about what's happening on the ground, but A civil airliner that's coming into landing into JFK or O'Hare Airport suddenly shoots flares because there is something which is called false alarm, and they think they see a missile and they immediately shoot the flares. There's a huge hazard and risk involved in there. And all of us were looking into ways, all of the companies, such as Bird, were looking into ways of solving sort of this conflict. How do you have a system? that's very sensitive on one hand, that can detect the man with almost 100% certainty, but have the lowest false alarm rate that's possible, which is zero. So in overall today, there are two aspects to these questions of how to solve the false alarm issue. One is to replace the flares with the laser jammer, the DIRCAM, uh, counter the threat by aiming a very sophisticated laser into the eye of the missile and making the missile think I'm somewhere else. By shooting the laser, there's no hazard around the aircraft. There's no uh, using of pyrotechnics uh, that poses this uh, issue. The other solution is looking into what is causing the false alarm and saying, okay, I want to eliminate the false alarm. And that's what BERT is doing today. Each one of these false alarms has a certain aspects that we can detect and know in advance that it's a false alarm and not real missile. And by that, we can just uh, wipe out all the false alarm, leave only the threats, the real threats that will be detected by the missile. And once we have this 100% assurance that only real missiles will be detected, now we can decide if we want to protect using the old and previous flares that are excellent and used around the world or whether we want to invest more money and use flares and or a laser jammer as well.
0: We talked a little bit about some of the civilian customers that are using counter pads technology for their airliners. Which other civilian customers are you finding as a company tend to be interested in MANPADS countermeasures?
1: The civilian customers are ranging between head of state VIPs and the semi-civilian organizations like the UN or the Red Cross, which are using completely civil aircraft, but under special use permit, which allows them to install special systems. Uh, the big difference between these two is that usually the, the UN or Red Cross or whatever else organization is suffering from extremely strong lack of funding these days. When it comes to the uh, head of state, head of state is usually a one-off. It's an aircraft or it's a small fleet of aircraft that, let's say, money is not an issue. And today, this is where we are focusing our attention because that's where the growing market in terms of civil airlines uh, or aircraft is. In the background, the major airlines are also moving forward very slowly. These are giants. They take a lot of time to analyze the threat to analyze the solutions. and i think they're following us uh, five years from now i'm sure uh they will have a major part with these systems and have their aircraft installed
0: Geographically, where are you seeing the biggest demand for civilian manpads protection?
1: The biggest demand comes these days from, I would say, the Middle East area. I think uh, Middle East is concerned with a lot of pro-Iranian groups and organizations like the Houth in Saudi and others. We're seeing that there's high tension. We're using the manpads is something which is not out of the blue. And that brings these countries to consider more seriously equipping their aircraft, whether it's civil VIP aircraft on one hand, military aircraft, but also their airlines with these, you know, top A-team that has the equipment installed on them to protect uh, the passengers.
0: Saul, how do you see civilian aircraft countermeasures technology developing in the future?
1: I think that if we look 10 years from now, I am sure that as technology will progress, we will be able to have smaller and smaller systems that will be installed on smaller pods, but with the higher protection capabilities. The laser, for example, will be much stronger, will be able to defeat all the different kind of threats because it will actually burn the threat. We're talking about high power lasers. And by minimizing the system into very small pod, it will allow to reduce the drag and the fuel cost, the extra fuel cost of the airlines which will increase their capability of installing these systems on their airlines. By minimizing the pods, we will also see a, a fairly easier installation scheme.
0: Sure. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Thomas.
0: Don't forget, you can catch up on more EW news and analysis at www.armadainternational.com electronic warfare. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.